airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Chevy B is over in Studio CC, and we'll see if we can't make our way to the phone lines uh, as we near the end of the show. Uh, so make sure you keep listening for that. Well, Will the Great, mm-hmm. how are you this fine day? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. good. It's yeah. always great to talk to some of my African American friends oh. and just <laughs> connect and just, you know, see how how those people are doing. Yeah. That monolith, aye, aye, aye. that group of people that just yeah. they don't have any diversity of thought oh, or goodness. ideas. <laughs> listen. Man. Listen, at some point, at some point, um, we have to we have to talk about it because it it is just really laughable. It's I probably should have saved this clip for Friday. <laughs> I should have said this is a Friday show. Yeah, this is a Friday show. Um, um, Joe Biden, who I think I'm pretty sure he's I'm pretty sure he's still alive. Joe Biden is pretty <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, he he he's alive. Yeah. Okay. He's, so he's um, yes, he, he so is. we we laughed about it. Um, you know when when he said Black African Americans, mm. and you know that was the joke mm-hmm. because you know we can we can joke about these things. Um, I don't think we covered when he said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I don't know if no, we talked about that. No, we didn't talk that. about that, but that was a, another. Part of the reason I, let me t- just say, I don't know if this is the same thing for you, Will the Great, but part of the reason I didn't want to tackle that is because I actually didn't want to mention the show that he was on <laughs> uh, when he said that. Can I just tell we you, like, I, about it before, I don't. Like people we being, have, like, but I don't like how they, or... right. I don't. Yes. True. <laughs> Um, I don't like how people refer to the main host, oh, the okay. name that he goes by. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, we we have done that. And that's and it's been important. I guess. We, I mean, the show is fine. The Breakfast Club is the show. No, mm-hmm. the show's not fine. And, <laughs> hold on. Run the run the intro again. You sound like uh, Joe Biden. Run the intro again. <laughs> it's probably best that I just don't continue. The show is Remember great. he said that it's probably it's probably just it's it's probably best that I don't continue. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? It's probably best I don't go no, on. No, okay. <laughs> listen, what do I know? I'm only a Black African American. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Um, but, but listen. <laughs> When I say the show is great, I meant there's no problem in saying the name of the show. <laughs> it's one of the hosts of the show that I have a problem with who refers to himself as a, you know, as a God. Right, and and right. I don't, I don't, you know, so I don't. Anyways. All right. Uh, we got the clip here. Let, let, listen. All right. The standard is not. Look, look, you know, I, I can't let you people down. Because understand that in current cultural conversation, the standard's not very high for me, right? <laughs> Remember, <laughs> they're just things I can't do. So I, I, <laughs> I, I can't oh talk good. Goodness. I can't cue <laughs> up a clip. I can't make a living, can't succeed in America. I mean, they're just things I can't do. Oh, and so boy. I'm going to milk that for all it's worth. So this is what you get because this is who mm-hmm. I am. Uh-uh, stop it. 
man, that's the narrative. Man, that's the narrative. <laughs> Make that it right stop. there. Man, Will, that's the narrative. Yeah. And you, man, that should be so offensive to people. Should be. But there are some people who feel like you know, they benefit are, from yeah, that. And leaning into it, man. It's like the Yikes. old comfy couch of victimhood. Just you know. <laughs> bring, bring back out uh Fred Hammond. <laughs> where you were blessed in the city and blessed in the field and you blessed when you come and when you go, you know, but now it's just oppression yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you look out, seas of oppression. Right. Anyways, um, all right. So all right. Joe Biden once again, mm-hmm. is saying what we already know Democrats think about um, mm, black people goodness. in America. All right. We already know this. This this is, again, like hearkening back to that MSNBC uh, reporter or producer. Yeah. Who was like, I got to get out. I can't right. do it anymore. We already knew that this is true, but it's something about it being said. Right. Mm-hmm. It's something about it being said. So um, here is Joe Biden expressing. <laughs> <sighs> Here's Joe Biden. Uh, expressing what we already knew that the Democrats thought about um, their black constituents, black people in general, but for sure the ones that are <laughs> my goodness. the ones that they own. Let me just say it oh, that way, wow. right? The, the ones that <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't do a lot, Will. I can't do a lot. You know, you know, I'm oppressed. I can't do a lot. All right. You want to run the clip? Is it a button? You, I think you yeah, hit a button go, and then pot it up I'll or go, something. I'll go ahead and do it right now. What all right, you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Hmm. No, we're going to have to oh, run it twice. Wow. It's so good. Wow. Like, man, <laughs> who is in charge of the dem- like they he needs to stay Charles. in the in the basement and not come out cuz he's talking about doing like three or four like debates <laughs> against President Trump. I'm like, dude. Do it. Please. <laughs> Please. I'm like, do really? It. Y'all want to send him out there like that? Man, I, I mean, you know. Wow. Let me just say uh again, <laughs> nobody asked me about anything. Nobody asked. Nobody checks with me. All right. But these are these would be things that I'd be harvesting. I'd be saving these things, man. I'd be I'd be putting this in my backpack, be like Dora the Explorer. Exactly. You know what I mean? Backpack, backpack. Look, man, look, all, all President Trump has to do is just run clips of <laughs> like that. That should be his campaign ads. Just Joe Biden. Yeah. One statement after the other. You there decide. You and just say you decide. Yeah. At the end. Hey, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll tell you something, though, Will. I'll tell you something. <laughs> oh, my There goodness. is something that you and I should be very proud of, though. He actually mentions us when he's talking. I don't know if you caught it. We're going to run. Let's run the clip one more time. Okay. And then um, I'm because I don't get mentioned, you know, at least not from this type of platform uh, very publicly often, okay. you know. And so I'm really glad to hear Joe Biden mention us. So let's run the clip again. And then let's see if you can pick up where he mentions us. Go ahead. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. I will say, <laughs> hey, nice I, to meet you. I'm I notable say, exception. Yeah, that's, what, that, that's hey. me. <laughs> notable exception. Nice to, nice to meet you. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Um, <laughs> wow. So anyways... To say it simply, for those who refuse to hear it or, you know, you hear it, but you like, that's not what he that's meant. Crazy. You know what he meant. Notable you know, exception, you know a.k.a. Uncle Tom's. In- <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> and why is the it notable? The African Americans. It's, it's, it's notable because, because the black people all think the same and they all say the same thing. Unlike they don't the have diversity community. of thought, you know, and, and so whenever you see someone 
that has a different way of thinking or saying, you know, or being, um, first of all, they're not really black. But second of all, if they can pass the test and, and actually like if we'll give them that and say, hey, they're black, you know, we, we take note of them because they're so different. And, and look, they're like, so rare. And, and like you said, man, this should be a red alert for the La- Latino community to stay away yes, <laughs> from. Look, I, you know, I would, I, here's what I would say to, to, to Joe. Um, I would say, well, you know, I think that what you just ascribed to the Latino community used to be true of the African-American community until the Democrats owned them. Ooh. Until, oh, I'm sorry. Is that too much? <laughs> Man, you got to stop me before I get there. We'll put be, you back you in know chains. Where I'm going. Oh. I know. I, oh. okay. <laughs> Man. Well, oh, but, but you know Joe. what? Never mind. But it, <laughs> they won't. Not you and I won't get put back in chains because we're notable exceptions. Exactly. And remember, according to Joe, not black. Yeah. That's if you right. don't vote for him, you're so not you're black. Not, so, yeah. so anyway, okay. so we don't have to worry about any of that, mm-hmm. right? Anyway, that's a, a public service announcement. I, that's all. That's it. That is not even really a part of the show today. Like that's not. <laughs> we just interrupt your regularly scheduled program. Crazy town. That's what that to, is. <laughs> I mean, to get everybody keep him in the basement, on board y'all. the bus I'm... to crazy town and, <laughs> and to get to, to be able to to hear. I you know, I'm going to tell you, here's what I would say to um, those who are managing the campaign of Joe Biden. I, I would just say this. You're going to have to do a little bit more like before he does interviews and before he makes videos, <laughs> before he goes live, <sighs> any of those things. You're going to have to step it up because I think what they had been doing really uh-huh. was just checking for a pulse and saying, OK, we're ready. <laughs> like I think they were just like it's just, people take those first two fingers and put them on his wrist and be like, uh, and we're good. Let's go. All right. Roll it. <laughs> You're going to have to do a little bit more than that. It's going to take a little bit more yeah. than, you know, yeah. just checking for a pulse and saying, hey, all right, let's go. You ready? Let's go. Let's do this. I guess the, and know, if they don't, we'll get more of this. I guess the Trump campaign is like, oh, he's making our job so much easier. Oh. <sighs> Keep talking. Well, Joe. I hope I I, <laughs> I hope that's what it, I. Man, this is crazy. Look, you guys, call me. All right, call me. I mean, I'm really busy. There's wow. a lot going on. Um, if you can put a car seat on Air on Air Force One, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I'll bring the baby. Like, just call me. I'll wear the mask. It's fine. Whatever. I'll I'll take the test. It's fine. But oh, I will help. Boy. All right. I just that's all I'm saying is that I'm willing to help. Anyway, no, truly that was not a part of the program today. Right, today right. we are continuing as is look, let's stay in our lane, right? Yeah. <laughs> man, he needs to stay in his too. Well, oh, Uncle Joe. Man. <laughs> is guys, he in his lane? He's I, he's in I his lane, know. huh? I hope <laughs> I hope that black, white, latino alike are all laughing with us about this. I hope. <laughs> I re- I really do. I, I mean because this is one of those this is one of those jokes it is a joke uh, that will cross cultural lines. All right. We will unify around the absurdity mm. of that statement. Man. I mean, and, and I've said this, you know, not to not to make this the full thrust of the program. Mm-hmm. But I said this years ago. Um, I said to the Latino community, mm-hmm. run as far away as you can from Democrat policies Man. and Democrats saying that they're going to help and bring you into the fold. Right. You remember this had this had to be a concerted effort because the battle on the African-American forefront, if you will, uh, or the African-American front was won. Like that was that was that was already that was a done deal. And mm-hmm. so now the attention was to turn to the Latinos. And and here's here's something else. You know, I remember not to I know everybody. This is going to sound like a name drop. 
Okay, it's a name drop. <laughs> All right, a few years ago, I actually asked Kellyanne Conway, I actually asked Kellyanne Con Conway what um, the Republican Party was doing to acknowledge that the same values that are important to Republicans exist in the Asian community. Like what, remember that question? Remember yeah. I asked her, I was like, we always seem to be sort of behind the ball. So the mm -hmm. Democrats at the time were already turning their attention toward the Hispanic community. There's mm -hmm. still work there that needed to be done. Um, and, and, and I think there's a, a, there's a greater resistance than what we saw in the African-American community. I mean, that it seemed there was not a lot of resistance there, but my question was, okay, so what are we doing, you know, as far as saying, Hey, the same work ethic, the same values that are present in the Asian community are the values that are supported by the Republican platform. And so I remember asking Kellyanne Conway what we were doing and it, it would be a little self-serving to say, you know what? Probably not enough is what her response was. Hmm. Probably not enough, and and that was what maybe seven years ago that yeah, I that I had yeah. the opportunity to ask her that question. Yeah. And I'm serious about that because the and look, I'm not making everyone who is associated with a certain political party um, wicked. Don't hear me saying that. But what I will say, let me put a period on that conversation there. All right, new train of thought. The wicked seem always to be ten steps ahead. That's they true. always seem to be thinking yeah, and, and looking down the line and saying, OK, where are we going to go next? What are we going to do? And the thing that to me is an embarrassment is that the righteous who have the spirit of God indwelling them mm -hmm. seem to always be fumbling after it. Like kind of like, oh, man, if we could have. So this mm -hmm. says to me that you really need to be more prayerful because these responses should not elude us. Like, mm -hmm. you know, being able to see what's going on should not be something that escapes us on a regular basis. Amen. Anyway, as it is, there you go. I don't, I don't venture often in talking about politics, although I could and, and could get going on it. But I just, you know, I, I think that while we look at what's happening politically, we also need to be shoring up our families. Amen. We need to be shoring up our communities, shoring up our churches. Yes. We need to be making sure that the gospel is passed down intact Amen. to the generation that is now. And so that's why we drive that home so much. We're trying to encourage and equip moms who are even at home who are listening. We've gotten questions where they say, I can't be out doing this. I can't be involved in that. What am I supposed to do? I'm just a mom who's at home. Man, if you only knew how big that job is, mm. if you only understood what you're doing, you're not just at home. You're not just at home. All right. right. All right. So we got to grab the break and then we'll get back into what we really want to talk about today. But just a little comic relief. Uh, thanks to Joe Biden. All right. Mm -hmm. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio will grab this break and be right back. Addison's on American Family Radio. Uh, thank you for humoring us just for a little bit. I almost feel like that song is kind of a little bit a part of the joke. That's like nobody knows the trouble I've seen. I'm trying to move on. Uh, I don't know what you're doing. No, I don't know if that's you're probably not, but maybe. I don't know. Some, you're petty like that. Uh, Anyways, no. Uh, yeah, no, look, it's hard to be black in America. 
No, 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 but not for those reasons. Because BLMers are like, yes, that's what we've been saying. I'm like, no, no, no. That's not. <laughs> They're like, finally, Mika. She got it. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, you're part of my problem. Okay. Uh, no, that's that's a, let's get, let's move on. Welcome back to Aaron the Addict on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will Ness for King and Country. God only knows. It's so true. He alone, he alone knows. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and uh, we are nearing the end of this week where we are inviting um, parents and youth between the ages of 13 and 18 to pick up a free Bible with the um, with the promise to give that Bible away mm-hmm. to another student. I don't know what's going on in people's different uh, cities and towns and how kids are returning to school. I can tell you that um, in our towns and surrounding areas, kids have already begun um, their return to school and they are returning to a much different environment than they left uh, when mm. the school shut down, I guess, maybe five months or so ago. I don't know. I guess it just depends on where where everybody is. Uh, and so, man, they need they need several things. And, and the focus here is to remind you about truth for youth. But let me say this also. Um, they need prayer. Amen. Kids need prayer Amen. who are returning to school. Yes. And even though uh, for the Addison family, we educate our kids at home, mm-hmm. um, I still care about the members of the body of Christ whose kids are maybe leaving them and going back to school. That is right. still very important. And I found myself praying this morning as um, a yellow school bus rolled through our neighborhood to pick up kids. Um, and I saw them walking out, you know, mm-hmm. with their masks on and, and everything. And, and um, man, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to protect our children. Amen. And, and I, I am sincerely asking the Lord to protect our That's children. Good, and uh, even our son said, um, and speaking of one of his buddies who was going back to school, he said, man, I hope he has opportunities to share the gospel today. That's what he said. Mm. And just like, you know, just on his heart, just, you know, and I thought, man, praise God. Yeah, that would be great. You know, but mm-hmm. that we would have kids who think like that and have kids who operate like that. And so if you've got a kid between the ages of 13 and 18 um, and you know that that kid is thinking like that and is operating like that, then this is an opportunity for them to be the missionaries that we call them. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. You know, we call we call them missionaries. So here's an opportunity um, for them to be missional as they go as they go back. Uh, You can get a free Bible Mm -hmm. if you promise to give it away. It's for youth between the ages of 13 and 18. And right now the phone lines are open. So if you wanted to call and order this Bible, maybe you're a parent listening and you want to get it for your teen, or maybe you've got a teen who's listening and you just picked him up or something like that. There's all kind of different time schedules and things like that. Um, you can call for yourself and get a Bible. All you've got to do is say, hey, I want to, I want to get a Bible and I want to prayerfully give this Bible away. I'll give you the number. And then also, if you want to go online, I'll give you the website. Here's the number, 800-733-4737. And you have until 4.30 today to do that. So every day uh, between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., you can call and get a Bible sent to you that you promised to give away. Um, But then you can go online anytime and you can order one at Mm truthforyouth.com. Truthforyouth.com. The word of God into the hands of our children is vital. Um, and, And I would say children whose heart is bent toward sharing the truth, man, that's vital as well. <laughs> we, we need more of that in Amen. the body of Christ. Amen. So anyway, truthforyouth.com, truthforyouth.com. Or if you're calling, you can call today until 430. 
800-733-4737. Uh, this is interesting. We've been uh, keeping an eye on what's happening with uh, Pastor John MacArthur mm-hmm. and Grace Community Church in California. Um, because, again, it's one of those things that, you, that you've said, well, you've alluded to this, that when mm-hmm. people stand up, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and refuse to bow, it encourages yeah. everybody else yeah. who's, who's, who's looking on. Right. And um, Pastor MacArthur is doing this. And now the latest information, well, we didn't get to this yesterday, but there is information out that suggests um, that Grace Community Church received a cease and desist letter mm. from the city of Los Angeles, threatening the church mm. with a daily fine of, uh, I'm sorry, a daily fine of $1,000 or arrest if they continue to meet for indoor worship services. So all of, everybody in there, y'all, y'all they going to bring the, the paddy wagon and say, hey, you can't Man, arrest all a, 3,000 or however many people you have at this church. That's a good question. I, you know, I would imagine that it's the church leadership is what I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine I guess. Um, that the pastors and the elders, they would come for them first. And, and can I also just say, um, that for the pastors and elders worth their salt, that they would put themselves out in front of the parishioners first too. Yeah. It wouldn't be and like, may Oh, have some they're people... running up here. It would be, we're out in front. <laughs> they may have know? some people within the congregation who be ready to step in and continue to have church. Oh, no doubt. I've seen clips. No, <laughs> I, Well, Oh, I, I, I thought you meant stand in front of pastor. Nah, I mean, you know, say, Hey, okay. we still going to meet, you know, Hey, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can, now, that it would them all. be fascinating to see. That would be fascinating to see every time they carried out a teacher, another one rose up mm. and taught in the pulpit. Man. Oh, man, <laughs> that would be fascinating. I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas, but I mean, hey, start what? studying right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> be ready right now. You know, somebody be like, oh, wait, it's me. It's like, yeah. Next number up. 299. It's you go, you know. Uh, Here's a story, though. This is interesting. Pastor John MacArthur is facing legal action after openly defying California's restrictions on church gatherings. Now, the embattled pastor, uh, this is a a Christian Post story, is receiving special counsel from President Donald Trump's personal attorney, Jenna Ellis, and religious freedom expert Charles Lamandry. I guess is how you say the last name. Charles Lamandry. Um, And and here's, here's a quote here from Jenna Ellis. I stand firm with Grace Community Church, its elder board, and Pastor MacArthur in biblical truth and the protections American churches are provided by our Constitution. Mm. She made these comments to the Christian Post. She went on, I look forward to advocating on their behalf and hopefully encouraging other pastors and churches to also have the courage of Pastor MacArthur to stand firm that church is essential. Amen. Did I mention that this is President Donald Trump's personal attorney. Well, look at that, Jenna Ellis. I would say maybe she should say one of them, right? Hey, <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they have a few. Of them. I think Jay Sekulow. Yeah. I don't know if he's a person. Is he personal? Well, I don't know, but he has a Anyways, lot of attorneys. There's <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff they've been trying to do to that man. <laughs> man, man, can you can you imagine what some of their meetings must be like? Mm-mm, not at Anyways. all. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. Um, this is really encouraging though. This is yeah. really encouraging because this is, uh, grabbing a lot of attention. Now, let me say this. I was thinking about this. Um, 
just because this story is grabbing a lot of attention does not mean that faithful pastors are not doing this all across the country and maybe their right. churches are just not on the radar. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think that this serves as an encouragement for those churches, for those pastors, for those elders to continue doing this. This this should not be like a super colossal big deal for us, mm. right? Like, don't you think, Will, that this should yeah. be something that is just our faithful expression of following the Lord Jesus. I think so. And I, I kind of wonder, and I have, I have to look at, you know, look this up, what other churches in California are doing. I wonder if they're, they're like, hey, we're going to meet too, you know, because I mean, are they, are they just picking on, you know, John MacArthur because he has a, a big church and he's well known? I don't know. But I no, I, I agree with you that this should be normal. Like, you know, it, it's, it's not something that should be like out of the way or, you know, surprising. You know, we know that the body of Christ, we know that church is essential and mm-hmm. we should, you know, be willing to stand for that. No matter what yeah. happens, we should be able to stand for that. Yeah. Pastor MacArthur, you'll uh, recall, was on Fox News um, with oh, yeah. uh, Tucker Carlson. Sure and um, <clears throat> excuse me, among the other things that he said was, quote, never before has the government invaded the territory that belongs only to the Lord Jesus Christ and told us we can't meet. We can't worship. We can't sing. There's no power given to the government to make those kinds of calls against us, he said. And he's mm. right. And and here's the thing. I, I would say, and again, man, and this is the blessing that it is for us to live in the United States of America. This is why I say our country is still worth fighting for because mm-hmm. we do have those kinds of protections. You and I were talking about this the other night over dinner. We do have those kinds of protections. Our country is worth fighting for. I would say this, even if we didn't, even if we didn't, and, and this is where I'm, I'm constantly driving this point home for believers that, yes, we have those protections and those mm-hmm. protections are worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. But while we fight for them, we've got to be ready to defy. Mm. Right. We, we've got to be ready to say. You know, maybe America keeps his promise via the Constitution, maybe maybe mm-hmm. America keeps his promise, but but even if it doesn't. We're going to do what the Lord compels us to do. This will put us on par with those who lived before us. Amen. Right. Followers of Jesus who lived before us, who were valiant, who didn't have these kinds of protections. They did it anyway. And and I think that's where, you know, I was looking at, um, excuse me. I was looking at Daniel Mm -hmm. in light of what the kids were asking today. Yeah. (laughs) Great discussion. Yeah. Sometimes they can. Sometimes it can be tense, man, guys, ugh, discuss the Bible with your kids, discuss right. the Bible with your kids. You will be sharper. Don't you think? Well, are you sharper? Oh, yeah. Are you sharper? No, no. Yeah, yeah, Yikes. definitely. Because the questions that are asked and the mindset, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the thinking, the line of thinking, man, it, it, yeah. you know, it challenges. And you and if you don't know, you just go back You say, well, I'm not sure about that. Let's get back together on it, you know. Uh, yeah. But man, it's great. It's great. Both ways, you know, and and the thing and this is just a side note here. We were talking to our kids and and the the discussion went off into talking about the hardness of man's heart and Mm -hmm. um, and and God turning man over to himself. And and so this is a conversation we've had before where the kids go back to Pharaoh and the questions about God Mm -hmm. hardening Pharaoh's heart and Mm -hmm. all of this. And so then we started talking about the mind, right, the the immaterial. And so trying to explain all of this and I'll, I'll get to the point quickly here. But um, we we went down the road talking about Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. <laughs> whose reason was taken from him by the Lord and mm-hmm. he behaved like an animal. Right. 
And so one of our kids was like, why would God do that to him? <laughs> like, like that just seems mean. Oh, he didn't acknowledge God. Like why, you know? And so then we get into this conversation about the sovereignty of God. And even the point that Paul makes about the Lord choosing what he's going to do and what he's not going to do, even in, in regard to, to Pharaoh. But one of the things that you notice about children, when you teach them to examine, right, mm -hmm. you teach them to inspect. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the word of God can hold up under kids examination. Yeah, I think when we went back and read the account, like what happened mm -hmm. and what Nebuchadnezzar did to bring that, you know what I'm saying, upon himself, the pride that he was uh, uh, showing for it. I think they, they saw like, okay, wow. Yeah. You know, and especially in light of the fact that you have, you know, atheists who are walking around not eating grass. Right. God is merciful. Right. <laughs> he's merciful. It's not like he's not he's not this petty God that right. is zapping people who don't put their faith and their trust in him. Right. You know what I mean? That he is gracious, that their hearts still beat, that their immaterial mind is still working, mm -hmm. even to make claims against him. Mm -hmm. Like their intellect is still there available to them to attempt mm -hmm. to make claims against him. But anyway, it sent me back to Daniel and I was reading it again after our discussion. And, and I was I was um, kind of my attention was drawn to the fact that we often talk about um, Daniel and his cohorts refusing to bow down to this statue, to, to this image that is erected by Nebuchadnezzar. But one of the things that really struck me is that when you go to the beginning of this, and this ties in with what we're talking about with Pastor John MacArthur, when you go back to the beginning and you look at, you know, these these sons of the nobles, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, from the kingly line is is the Hebrew translation of this, that, that these are not just ordinary boys mm -hmm. um, around the ages of 14 and 15 who have been um, taken for the king's service. Now, of course, you know, Babylonian exile all of them are taken, but these boys specifically taken for um, for the king's service. The point I'm making is this. Their determination did not happen. We've said this before. Their determination to not bow when they heard, you know, all of the instruments played mm -hmm. before the statue mm -hmm. was not made in that moment. Right. Even right. when they are subsequently called before the king, their determination does not happen in that moment. And in fact, their determination or what their resolve does not happen even when they are presented with the king's delicacies. Mm. I would say <laughs> that their resolve happened even before they were brought into captivity. Mm. Because notice that at the point that they are chosen, the select group of young men to serve in the king's court, notice that they already have a response. Mm -hmm. We're not going to eat the food. Mm. We're not going to drink the wine. They're already ready already. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're all, and so they're already ready already. And so here's my thought, you know, as I look at what's happening with Grace Community Church and, and so many believers all across the country, I'm like, man, we've got to be like that. Yeah. Right. You're it's right. not that you go into captivity, that you're in the meat grinder and then you decide, well, here's what we're not going to do. Mm hmm. That decision has to already have been made before you're in the grinder, before they're knocking on the doors of the church, mm. before they're sending the cease and desist letters. Faithfulness, fidelity to the word of God, strong conviction has to already be ours before it gets shaken. Amen. Right? Amen. Because trying to arrive at your position while you're on, man, do you remember 
when I was in high school, the different traveling fairs, they'd have something called the Gravitron, <laughs> where it would just yeah. spin you and it would uh-huh. suck you against the wall. You know, that's not the point to be trying to raise your hand to make a point. Because mm. you remember how you couldn't do it? It's like... <laughs> You got to make that decision before you're on the Gravitron. All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. That's Torin Wells with God's Not Done With You. The Thomas More Society released a statement on Wednesday morning announcing its support also for Pastor John MacArthur. Hmm. Uh, The statement reading uh, in part this, the state of California is using a pretext of COVID-19 to attempt to force churches to close indefinitely. This Hmm. illegitimate, overbroad, and unconstitutional order to indefinitely cease assembly and exercising their religion and sincerely held religious beliefs force Grace Community Church to defy the order and continue exercising their rights, seeking shelter in the guaranteed religious freedom protections of the United States and California constitutions. Uh, It goes on to read Pastor MacArthur and Grace Community Churches, or I'm sorry, Pastor MacArthur and Grace Community Church are not disobeying the constitution. It is California's Governor Gavin Newsom and Mayor Eric Garcetti that are defying their constitutional obligation to protect religious freedom and church assembly. Mm. Boom. I mean, look, yeah. that's that's where you say, look, I'm not moving away. The no. country's moving away. Yeah. These yeah. these these mayors are moving away. Mm-hmm. These governors are moving away. I'm not moving away from the Constitution. I'm not moving away from what it means to be an American. Rather, these people are doing that. But again, let me just say, while we have all of that and we fight to preserve and protect it, what are we going to do? Like mm. what steps, what what stand are we going to take for the glory of God? I think it's interesting back to this Daniel analogy. And, you know, man, I think it's interesting to note the number of 14, 15 year old boys who were selected to serve in the king's court. But that you've got these four young men who are listed now. I mean, I, I was trying to think about this, you know, I, I was trying to think about, you know, do we have the kinds of 14 year olds, 15 mm. year olds who are, who are ready, who mm. have resolved that they are not going to defile themselves. You know what I'm saying? Who right. know what That's it great, is great to take a stand for the Lord. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I Can I just say this? If we did, um, 22-year-old Jonathan Isaac would not be such a shock to us. Hmm, that true. would just be like, well, that's what we expect. Right. As it is, we know that that's uncommon. And so because it's it's uncommon, we're like hanging on to it because it's like that just doesn't happen. You know, yeah. keep in mind, he's 22. That would be considered old compared to Daniel. <laughs> right. Like that's I mean, that's he, he would, you know, would be like, all right, beards. You know what I'm saying? But here you've got these young men who are like, no, this is, we're not going to defile ourselves. Yeah. And something else, and this is just the way my brain works, and I'll move on to another story here before we open the phone lines. Um, Something else I wonder is how in the midst of all of these young men 
is that these four somehow they were able to decide among themselves that, nah, we're not doing it. And obviously there were others who did, right? Mm-hmm. Who were like, yeah, well, we'll because Aspinaz had to have somebody to compare them to. Right. So you have right. other Jewish boys who are eating the king's delights. Right. 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 They're, they're, they're eating the Turkish delights. You know what I'm saying? They're eating the choice foods. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I just, th- those are the kinds of things like in my holy imagination, Dang. I'm like, man, what was that conversation like where you've got these four Hebrew young men who somehow are able to connect with each other around this, we're not doing it. You're not doing it. Okay, great. Because Daniel's the one who asserts for them. Mm-hmm. Daniel's the one who ultimately makes this case. And, and then, you know, the four of them are the beneficiaries of it. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, and, 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 and God gives Daniel favor, but there had to be some conversation, some knowing some way That's true. that, you know, hmm. all four of us, we're out. Yeah. We're out. Yeah. Now, again, the Bible doesn't tell us how many boys are in this group that are going to spend three years learning and training. And which, by the way, look at the description in chapter one of Daniel. It's the best of the best that Nebuchadnezzar wants. (laughs) Those of the highest intellect, those Mm. without blemish, almost like cattle for sacrifice, Mm. without blemish. They have no defects, right? I, I want the best. That's why that's why they are to be taken from the kingly line and the line of the nobility, mm. which could be synonyms, depending on how you look at this. You go back and study in the Hebrew it could be synonyms. But it's amazing to me that it's like, here's the best. How do we now train them for our use? Mm. And these four young men Man. are like, nah, we're not going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, think <laughs> right. about that. How? Right. And so I, here's my here's my thought today. Here's my thought today. And, and really, this is spurred by our kids asking tough questions. Mm-hmm. And so going back and reading it, because when they ask tough questions, I'm like, I got to dig in. <laughs> right. I got to dig in. Um, but but here is here. Here is my question. Man, how do you raise kids that, you know, in a situation like this, there is just this common understanding that, no, we're not doing that. Mm. we're not we're not doing that you know anyway i think that pastor MacArthur is kind of serving in in that role to encourage other pastors i hope you know we'll see um because honestly there are some pastors who are saying no just don't do it (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and there's christians who are looking at pastor MacArthur and like man he's putting his people in harm's way and what is he doing he's not being a good shepherd I, i i i've seen it you know so i'm like we just so divided, man. It's, it's um, crazy. Let's <laughs> open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. You can chime in on anything we've discussed today. 888-589-8840. I mentioned this yesterday as the phone lines are getting queued up. I mentioned this yesterday and we didn't finish it. Um, but this is the kind of culture that we live in where fear, threat, and intimidation is what is controlling people. And only the strong will resist this. And again, the resistance is not what happens when you are in the grinder. It's mm. not what happens when you're in the court, right? The resistance is what happens leading up to that. It's yeah. those small choices, those small decisions that you've made leading up to this, this quite big one, right? But anyway, here is the story. Out Sports, um, an LGBTQ sports and activism blog owned by Vox Media, published the names of over 300 women athletes who stood their ground by signing a letter addressed to the National College Athletic Association Board, NCAA, 
um, Board of Governors asking for the preservation of women's sports, right? The preservation of women's sports. In the letter, hundreds of women athletes urge the NCAA board not to participate in a boycott organized by the American Civil Liberties Union and transgender athlete Lindsay Hecox against Idaho for passing the Fairness in Women's Sports Act, which necessitates participation by student athletes according to their sex, their biological sex. In other words, we want sports to be fair. In other words, we want to preserve women Okay, and their (laughs) identity and their distinction as Mm -hmm. a distinct sex. Mm -hmm. And so what does Vox Media do? Um, Or, well, the blog is owned by Vox Media. Let me say Outsports. All right, what do they do? They take those names and they publicize those names. And and what is the signal here? The signal is go get them. Go get them. Here are the people who dare to say that women exist here are the people who dare to say that women are real. You know, like, <laughs> just, you know, common mm-hmm. vernacular. You say that's a thing. Yeah, women that's a, women are a thing. That's a thing. That's an actual thing, right? Like women. <laughs> like, I mean, that's a sex. That, that actually is a biological sex. Women exist. And so what Outsports has done is said, hey, listen, this is the way we do business in our current cultural context. If you dare, if you dare to tell the truth, mm-hmm. if you dare to stand up, and assert yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you will be threatened. Mm. And and what is the threat? That all of these untold numbers of people are going to harass you because we're going to publicize your name. That is a, a physical manifestation of the heart that is woven through everything that is happening in our culture today. That's true. Every That's single true. thing. That's right? True. The yep. bullying, yep. The, the doxing, the threats to dox, meaning to, to reveal people's information, tell mm-hmm. people where, where, you know, here's where this person lives. Right. Here's this person's per- personal information. All of that so that Christians will be silent. Those who have um, a different viewpoint, mm-hmm. let's expand it. It's not just Christians, but those who have a different viewpoint, uh, you should be very afraid. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Wesley in Georgia. Hi, Wesley. Hey y'all! Um, just want to tell y'all I love what y'all are talking about with uh, Dave. I mean, with Daniel and the three Hebrew children. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. uh, I studied studying Daniel pretty intensely the first six weeks, as it kind of coincidentally with the coronavirus. And uh, and you're and you're right, man. They exercise their faith in the small things, and you got to remember, there's nothing big to God. Everything's small to God, but mm. there is things that are small and big to us, you know, and. And uh, we exercise. You exercise your faith, and you pray. You, you don't. You don't just get on a. You know. You don't just grab a three hundred pound weight and start lifting. You got to work yourself up to that. And you know. You got to exercise right. your faith the same way. And you got to trust God in the small things. And when the big things come along, it's just you know it's second nature to to get, you're already trusting him. And uh, just love that. Just love that example and how y'all how y'all expanded on that today. And love your program. Thanks, y'all. Oh, thank you, Wesley. God bless Appreciate you. Thank you. you so much, Wesley. Thank and you. It's so true that we exercise our faith, that we grow in our knowledge of the Lord, and mm-hmm. putting that in practice grows. It's the small things, well, to us, as our brother just pointed out, that we grow, that when we get to those big things that are big to us, mm-hmm. right, um, where we're able to win laurels. So so that's yeah. really good. Thank you so much, Wesley. We appreciate you. Will the Great, where next? All right, let's go to uh, Kimberly in Texas. Hi, Kimberly. Hi. Hello. Um, I just appreciate you guys so much and, and love listening to you and, and just just get so challenged in um, every little thing. But 
I just wanted to um, add in there that the thing that is the key, I think, is the fear is teaching kids the fear of the Lord, mm. and and, mm. and the fear of the Lord is what will will keep you from, you know, it it'll just it'll it, it's it'll keep you from mm-hmm. you know st- from it, the fear of the Lord is the answer. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's good. Hurting his heart and hurting hurting him, and that our actions would hurt God, and and but mostly just the fear of the Lord will keep you from will keep you amen mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. yeah from from evil from all all sorts of things yes i think know? i think what comes to mind thank you so much for for that you, comment kimberly. kimberly i think you're right on with that because what what comes to mind even as you're saying that i'm thinking of i want to say uh joseph and potiphar's wife you know when presented with her advances you know joseph is like how could i do this to my god mm. you know like how how basically how can i sin against god like mm-hmm. yes this would be wrong against potiphar this would be wrong against you you don't even know it but ultimately what is driving joseph's decision is i cannot do this against god yeah and i think that's where we have to be in the body of christ and i think it's summed up in what our sister kimberly just said that it's the fear of the lord that Amen. if we can instill that in our children that right fear and that right reverence that when we are faced with these issues, when we are faced with those decisions, those moments, right, man, the valley of decisions, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that what is sort of looming overhead is the question, how can I do this against God? Mm. You know, it's the same question that Polycarp uh, raised when, when faced with his, his life kind of hang, well, not kind of his life hanging in the balance. He's like, man, God's never done me any harm. Like yeah. basically, yeah. how could I turn against him now? Like I, so to so to lapse in my faith or to deny Christ is to turn against God. It would not be something that I'm doing against myself or even you know against other people who are looking on, but it would be against God, and that is the display of a right fear of God. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Tim in Ohio. Hi, Tim. Hey guys, how you doing? All right. Hello. I, I love you guys. You are the best. I, I listen to you guys every day. I drive to work. Okay. Hey, um, I really, really appreciate what um, uh, Pastor MacArthur uh, stood up for. I totally agree with what they, they're doing. Um, I just wonder, though, as Christians, how every time I write my check to pay my taxes, mm-hmm. I really have a hard time with that because mm-hmm. what are we paying for? We're paying for you know the, the abortion industry. Mm-hmm. We're paying for all these things. Where do we draw the line? That's my question for you guys. And what do you what do you think? And what do you agree with that? Thank you, yeah, Tim. that's that's a that's a, a tough question. I would say that what we would say is what Jesus has already said. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. we 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 do have to give to Caesar, so to speak, what is Caesar and give to God what is God's. And so we we pay our taxes. Now, listen, I understand the conflict here, um, but I would say in the meantime, while we're working, you know, to see things change. I mean, I who can list the number of times that the president has attempted and in some instances um, by other means defunded Planned Parenthood. <laughs> um, you know, so we, we have some small gains that we can look at. But I would say that we we pay our taxes. You know, yeah. here's the thing. If anybody knew what Caesar was doing with the that's taxes he thinking. collected, like, Jesus knew. Right. That's what I was thinking. Jesus knew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like not not even a hunch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, well, I think what he's paying for is this. Um, no, there's probably a lot of wickedness happening with the taxes that are being collected and still Jesus provided for it from the mouth of a fish. Yeah. So, so 
until there's something different that presents itself, and I'm not even sure what that different presentation would be, I would just say, brother, um, we pay our taxes because of our conscience, because of what the Bible compels us to do. Mm-hmm. And um, in agreement with you, Will, if, if, if anybody knew what Jesus the taxes knew. to see, <laughs> <laughs> he knew down to the very second how the money was being used, yeah. I guarantee you, yeah, I and still said, pay your taxes. So <laughs> I don't know. I hope that's helpful. We're out of time, though. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. If the Lord wills that. Until then. God bless. <laughs>